Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jason, me and you have been together for the, the whole time. Joe obviously has just joined recently, but Jason, can you believe it's been 50 episodes? It's been a year already, if not more than that. No, it's crazy. Um, it, it didn't think we get this far this this quickly, but it is crazy. Absolutely not. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm happy to be on the last seven of these, or I don't know how many I've done now, five, six, something like that. But uh, congratulations on the big 5-0. Uh, you guys aren't the only one having a birthday today. I believe Jimmy Hayes is as well. Oh, sweet. But before we get into before we get into the, the show, I just want to say today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home of home chefs. Uh, this Blue Apron's been great to me. Hopefully it's been good to you guys also. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. With free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Beat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Beat. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And I don't know about you guys, I was never really a big cooker until I got these Blue Apron meals. And boy, oh boy, it's been a treat to have these. Oh, I just, I just had the steak tonight. My wife made the steak. We did the chicken. Good stuff. I'm cooking the uh, Bear Monday tomorrow. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm actually excited to try that too, Jason. I haven't tried that. I think I'm going to make that tomorrow also. But, I've never I mean, tried yeah. Sea Bass period, so it's going to be an awesome experience. Yeah, I mean, these meals are great if you have time. I, like, I would highly suggest looking at it. And besides, who wouldn't like free food? And if you like it, who knows? Maybe you can get it, you can get it more often instead of going to the grocery store every night. But um, usually we start off this show with, you know, some very, very happy news or bad news depending on the Bruins played this week, but I thought this week um, would be an opportunity to start today's show by uh, wishing the best wishing the best for uh, former Bruin Craig Cunningham. For those of you that I don't I don't for those of you that um, haven't heard or haven't been paying attention, Craig Cunningham had a heart attack and collapsed on the ice during the AHL game. And uh, I think he plays for the uh, Phoenix Coyotes a- AHL team. And yeah, runners, yeah. Yes, they they collapsed on the ice, you know, at least they say he's in critical condition. I mean, I'm just hoping Craig Cunningham the best. I mean, he was never a heart and soul of the, the Bruins team, but every time he went out there, he 
He worked hard. He seemed like a, ni a nice, pl nice kid. He's a nice player, and uh, that was one of the players that got, you know, put on waivers to have to be sent back down to Providence, and they other another team picked him up because, I mean, Charlie doesn't Charlie doesn't know what he's doing, but that's besides the point. But I'm wishing Craig Cunningham and his family the best, and uh, hoping it all works out for a speedy recovery. Yeah, definitely. I, I just saw an article that Bob McKenzie put up from TSN. Uh, so Craig Cunningham's only 26. I guess 20 years ago he lost his dad in a car accident. So. Uh, his mother's gone through a lot, but yeah, definitely let's hope the best for CC and he gets better. Yeah, same here. It's rough to hear for our, one of our former Bruins players, but we're definitely hoping he gets better, and that's about the most we can say. Just we keep him in our thoughts. Absolutely. It's definitely a scary situation when it happens. You never like to see someone collapse on the ice. So all the best to Craig, but um, the, Bru the, uh, the Bruins coming off a nice uh, home victory. And, guys, I don't know. I don't want to jinx it, but it seems they might have turned a corner a little bit at home ice. You know, they're starting to win on home ice a little bit more than they did last year, it seems. I mean, yeah. starting to come together, hopefully, at home for this team. I mean, they're 6-3 this month, which is a far cry from what they were doing last month. So, uh, yeah, they're playing at home with some consistency, which is nice. Um, I know we'll get into this later, but, the, you know, the last-minute breakdowns I could do without. But, uh you know, that guy who plays net and wearing number 40 is doing pretty well. Yet again, we'll get into it every time, Mike, every week. I, I had a guy yet again tweet me, who did they play? He didn't play anybody challenging. I don't know. They're just the um, leading score on the, you know, goal score on the NHL is on the team. I, I don't know. You know, on the, on the Jets, so. Yeah, absolutely. Tuka's also been playing well there. Bruins are 8-3 and three in the last 11 games, guys. I saw this today when I was doing some power ranking. I, I saw some power ranking article, and I read it. And the Bruins were ranked seventh in the whole NHL. Whoa. Eight, eight and three in the last 11 games. Bruins Whoa. are hot right now. Tuka Rask is playing well. Uh, they're playing well right now, Joe. They're in the I'm playoff scared. spot, too. Seventh. Seventh. Yeah, they're in the top three in the division uh, that was, right now. That was from TSN, too. TSN power rankings. And those guys usually know what they're talking about. If I yeah. might point, if I might point this out, I don't know how much you guys are paying attention to us, but we've been saying for a while that was, uh, our biggest fear is that Bruins defense. But I do have to say, it seems like the defense is turning a corner, too, because besides that New York Rangers game, they really haven't given up more than one or two goals, with the exception of the Montreal game and the Tampa Bay Lightning game in the month of November. You know what, Jason? That's a good point. I, and I, everyone talks about Rask, and, and rightfully so, Joe. I mean, me and you have been talking and defending Rask on this show for weeks now, and he deserves every bit of praise he's been getting because he's been playing great. But the Bruins' defense has stepped up, and... It's a very good point by you, Jason. I mean, the past two games, they, you know, they lost to Minnesota, but they lost one nothing. You know, they beat Winnipeg. It was four to one. Their defense limited Winnipeg to like two, two even strength shots in like the second period or something in that game. It was ridiculous how good the Bruins' defense was playing and Rask is playing. I mean, if the you Bruins want to discuss that Minnesota loss, that goal that was given up was pretty much a fluke goal. So that was a hard battle between two really good teams, which was good to see for the part of the Bruins anyway. No, absolutely. That's why I'm saying I think the Bruins' defense deserves a ton of credit. They're playing really, really well, and so is Tuca. And if I know, it's if you, I know everyone's going to say, well, they haven't really played anyone. I understand that, but the Bruins don't make the schedule. They can only play the teams that are on their schedule so far. Agreed. What do you what, what do you want them to do? Be like, no, we, we don't want to play Winnipeg tonight. We'd rather play the Blackhawks instead. No, that's how the schedule works. That's what they can't play. I mean, they already played the Rangers twice. They played Minnesota twice. Both those teams were in the playoffs last year. So they're not playing 
So, yes, I understand that they're not playing, like, they also played Montreal twice. And, yes, they lost to Montreal twice, but they're, they've played plenty of playoff teams. So, enough about them not be, not playing anyone. They're playing good teams. Winnipeg is a solid team. No, they're not the best team. But Minnesota's a really solid team. They're in the playoffs the past, like, four years. Took Chicago to the the brink. I mean, they ended up losing in, like, six games. But, I mean, it's a hard-fought series against Chicago, which is no shame in that. I mean... Minnesota's goaltender is Minnesota's goaltender is no fool. Devin Dubnik has played well against the Bruins this year. Yeah, he has, and he's played well. I think he's played well against almost everyone. So there's no shame in losing a one nothing hard fought battle to to Minnesota, and everyone will be like, "Oh, well, Ras can't win the big one." No, that that game, that game did not frustrate me. You're talking about one nothing game off a fluke goal, and the name Adam McQuaid comes to mind, but it's one goal. I'm not gonna ripped the Bruins apart. They, the offense could have stepped up, too. It was just exactly. one of those hard-fought games. You can't win a game 0-0. I don't know how that's the goaltender's fault, that he gave up one goal and the team loses. That's like a it's like a pitcher, for example, pitching an, a complete game, giving up one run, and you blaming the pitcher. I'm sorry, you can't do that. It doesn't work. He, the goalie did his job, played a 60-minute game, and gave up one goal. That's not Rasmus' fault. You, you, you know, you guys are from the Boston area. People just want to find a reason to bitch and complain. That's it. That's it. And they don't want to give a guy credit who they don't like. You know, Tuka, which he hasn't done anything to, you know, he's just been completely elite. What's he, 11 and 2? Yeah. Holds against under a 1.5, I think. I mean, I don't know what else you want from somebody. I want zero goals every single game, and I'm not going to be happy yeah, to get that. Up, I'm just kidding. Me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got, I got, I got a job. I'm, I'm very impressed with Tuka Rask so far this season. You know, it's uh, it's he's he's playing with fire, and that's and that seems to be working for the Bruins because the Bruins, you know, they they're getting better as the season's going going along, and this is kind of along the lines of what I was going to predict anyway. You you know, it's funny. He's not even healthy. <laughs> I, yeah, but see, like, and it's funny too, Joe. He has that like one bad game against the Rangers where he lets in a few goals, and everyone's like, see, see, see. That's the only game he's like lost all season. He lost that game and he lost a one nothing game. He he's he, all eleven wins Bastard. from Rask. All Bastard. eleven wins are from Rask. Mike, people just don't want to be happy, Mike. No, they all don't. Names, I guess I yeah, I, I guess I guess the I guess Tuka Rask's success is is bad. Like you don't want. I'm gonna say I'm pleasantly there. surprised with the way the Bruins have played, but I'm happy with the way they played. That's, I'm gonna place it. Well, I'm, I'm I'm kind of after the way they started this year. I, well, I'm kind of shocked that they're doing this well, to be honest with you. But um, like I said, you know, I, I think Tuka's a big reason why they're that you know where they're at right now because they haven't been scoring a whole bunch. I mean, they did get four goals this last game, but they've been kind of you know the offense is kind of taking a little bit of a backseat because the defense is actually shaping up a little bit. Um, I think. Adam McQuaid, that game, you know, when they lost, it won nothing against me. The dude looked like he got shot by a sniper, and then he t- it took him longer to get up, and it took Gregory Campbell, and Gregory Campbell broke his leg against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely frustrating by McQuaid. Oh, beyond. It was I, definitely I, frustrating, but I'm, I'm thrilled with how the season's gone so far. Remember the, after the first episode when they – I mean, not, not the first episode, when they lost to Minnesota in, in the Rangers and back-to-back games and gave uh, up, like, so many goals – and Joe, you and I were talking about how it was like the season was over, that Bruins could be one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, I thought so. I thought, yeah, and look oh, at them. And, 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 and hey, hey, people, look at We're not afraid to admit that we were wrong. Yep. Something that, you know, is what happens in sports. You get proven wrong sometimes. But, no, I'm thrilled. I am 
stunned that they're they're out where they are. They're third in the division in with what twenty games in or so. It's unbelievable. Who no one would have thought this. Everyone well, Yeah. The people that said they thought the Bruins were gonna do well this year are lying. Lying. They'll lie like certain things. The, the one thing the one thing I am a little bit concerned about with this Bruins team is yet another injury to a key player. Ugh. And you know you look at it, right? And it's they're out in town. Uh, they're like they're out playing in Colorado. The next day, obviously, you know they're practicing. They say Pasternak's not out there, and neither is Zarnik. You go, okay, like hopefully everything's all right. Claude Julien just says maintenance day. So you go, oh, maintenance day. They probably just you know give him give him a day off to do whatever. All right. Then he's not out there again the next day, and then all of a sudden Claude Julien says he's not playing against Minnesota. Well, he, he was serving turkey during the Bruins, uh, you know, community event they had. So he was serving with his upper body. So I think he might be getting better because he's lifting up drumsticks. So well, better hope so because he's been the best player all season long. And I hate I, when this happens and they always say, "Oh, it's a minor injury; he'll be back soon." And all of a sudden, like five or five, six, seven games start going by and he's not playing yet. How, how many games has he missed? The two. two this stint and what four before? He got yes. suspended. How I many did he get? Oh, he got suspended yeah. for two. He got suspended for two, and he, he's missed two already. So he's already missed four games. Four. Yeah. So four out of the eighteen game, uh, the four out of the eighteen games, and he still has ten goals. So that's pretty, still pretty impressive. It's definitely impressive, but I'm just hoping it's not as serious. And I hope it's actually day to day, like like they're saying, because he's been a difference maker for this team this year. And I think that's why kind of the last two games. I mean, even though they kind of scored a decent amount against Winnipeg, I mean, I, I think could have used him against Minnesota. One nothing game, and you tell me Pasternak can't make a difference in that. I think he could have. So I'm hoping it's just not a long term thing. No, I well, I, I think I hopefully we, I thought we would hear something what was going on. So I haven't heard that he may not play tomorrow night. So I haven't heard he will either. So let's let's hope he does. I mean, against St. Louis tomorrow night. Sorry. Yeah, St. Louis is going to be a tough team. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But I mean, these injuries are just killing the Bruins. You know, you had. Back is out. You had Krejci coming back from surgery. Crew coming back from surgery. Rask got Bergeron. hurt. Ber- Bergeron got hurt. You mean, these are big-name players for the Bruins. Back has got surgery. But. I don't know if I just said him. They, they just needed to get healthy, and it's frustrating that they really haven't been healthy. Matrano's still out. I mean, there's just a lot of p- players that you could look at and say, imagine if this team was fully healthy. You think they would be doing a little bit better. Yeah, that's what you got to think about. And, Joe, I'm going to build off of this because I was just going to say something. As Pasternak goes down, David Krejci's starting to play a lot better, which means David Krejci's starting to come around. I've noticed another little bit of a change in Tory Krug, you know, so if we can get David Pasternak back, it's only a wonder what the Bruins can be like at full strength, especially when Vitrano comes back from surgery. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Jason. Krejci has been a lot more noticeable lately, and I think, obviously, when you have a major surgery like he got hip surgery, people just don't understand that it's going to take him a little bit to get to get back into the flow of things. And it's like the same thing with Tory Crew. And I think now that's 18 games in, they're starting to come around a little bit more because, you know, they're, they're playing. I think they're a little, they're healed up a lot, obviously a lot more. They get the best treatment in the, in the world. So it's, right. it's very good to see. And I think what also helps Krejci is that now Bacchus is back full time. I mean, Krejci didn't have back. Krejci was tra- trading line mates like every night because of injuries and who was being scratched and who was playing well. It was crazy. He needs, consi- he needs consistent wingers, Crutchy, for sure. He needs a line that's going to stick together for a bit. Yeah, and I think now that is, is that. And I saw I read an article earlier about, um, you know, putting Spooner on the third line and putting Bolesky 
there with Thaddeus and Krejci, which I'm all for because Matt Bolesky has been finding his stride too. And I think he needed that, you know, benching in, to watch the game up on the, the ninth floor because ever since then, he's been really, really good. Also, and the removal can... of the anchor called Jimmy Hayes in my life. <laughs> and if I can point something out, because something else also has emerged, as Brandon Carlo started emerging, you know, What's, what's happening on defense is the fact that Brandon Carlo is making either Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller look very expendable. And I wouldn't be shocked if a trade happens by February so that one of those two players goes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either because, you know, they already have, they have, a, they have abundance of those players. I mean, I think that Carlo, McQuaid, and Miller are very similar type defensemen, and you don't need three of those. You don't. And I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to say Carlos not good because I think Carlos been great. So I'm not trying to compare him skill wise to McQuaid and, Carlos and Miller. Carlos five times better than what McQuaid no, and Miller are right I now. I understand that, but he plays a similar type of a role, is what I'm saying. Like yes, the, the shutdown defenseman type player, uh, you know, tough, physical stuff. That's what I meant by. I didn't mean he's not good because I think Carlos. No, no, I get I get what you're saying, completely, Mike, and you know. This, although Carlos got that similarity in skill, Carlos is much younger with a lower salary, so it makes McQuaid and Miller both expendable. All for that. All for getting rid of one of them, and I know Joe feels the same way. But another thing I want to point out quickly, too, is that um, Patrice Bergeron uh, obviously you know, got dinged up in the World Cup of Hockey, played well there, and I know he scored on Saturday, but Bergeron's not really been Bergeron this season, and I think he's playing injured, so I'm not sitting here saying I'm worried about Bergeron or, you know, tear the house down, like, blah, 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 blah. I know what Bergeron can do. Everyone knows what Bergeron can do. I'm just saying it's it's alarming to see that one of your best players, and obviously that's why you, I don't think you, the Bruins have been scoring as much recently. Your best player hasn't been your best player. And everyone will be the first pl- first person to be like, when Krejci starts doing that, everyone will be like, well, Krejci hasn't scored in so many amount of games. Krejci does nothing out there. You just got to be fair and point out that Bergeron hasn't been playing that well either. Yeah, yeah, he gets a little more leeway because he is perfect. But, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's banged up. I mean, uh, that whole line, well, Marshawn really, what, he got his first goal the other night in a while. So that whole first line's kind of been kind of uh, had a little bit of a rut. So I'm not worried about it. I think they'll come around. The, the nice thing about it, Mike and Jason, is like just as we're talking about, no one's scoring, but they're winning. So that tells you that their defense, as we said, is tightening up, and then that uh, finish guy is pretty good. That's actually a great point, Joe. Like, their best players haven't been their best players, and they haven't been scoring that much, and they're still winning. So who gets the credit for that? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to say Tuka Rask gets the number one star. He's been the Bruins' yeah. MVP this season, absolutely. There's no question about it. It's been Tuka Rask been the MVP. But I'm also – but, Jason, you made a good point. The defense is improving. And it is playing well. And I want to ask you guys, do you think it's because Bruce Cassidy is back there? Can't, it can't hurt. I don't think it hurts at all. I mean, uh, we all thought he, I thought he was the heir apparent. To, I thought Claus was going to get fired. But I think maybe the uh, coaching staff is doing a little bit better. I mean, great, uh, the new coach is brand there. Power play still is abysmal and it's terrible. But uh, When has it been under Claude Julian, Joe? What's that? When hasn't their power play been terrible under Claude Julian? Oh, last year, to think about. last year, man. Last yeah, year. last Just, year their power play was on, was lights out. But one I, year, I, out, but one year out of like eight. Oh no, no doubt about it. But last year it was just it was almost unworldly that you couldn't you almost couldn't believe it. That's how good it was last year. So, but the thing is, 
they they change coaches and the power play goes to crap. But you know, so I don't know if that has any kind of uh, connection at all. But, that's more uh, Pandolfo than it is Cassidy. Oh well, then that's fine too. Uh, it was good to see Joe Morrow get in the lineup. I'd like to see a little bit more of him. I didn't say he did great, but I want to just see what he can do. I think he's played uh, pretty well when he's got in there, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they need to get that consistent top six. I mean, Kevin Miller, if he doesn't break the lineup, I'm okay with it. Either Miller. I guess Colin, I was a big advocate of Colin Miller last year. I was always like, they're playing the, the wrong Miller, but he's not. He's been struggling this year. Um, uh, Krug is playing better. McQuaid, I, I still think he sucks. I, I just, that... Like, when he fell in the crease behind Tuca and knocked the puck in, I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. You, yeah, you, you got to be kidding me. But, I mean, Krug is coming around. Chara and Carlo, obviously, have been great. Tuca Rask has been great. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with this Bruins team going forward. And at the beginning of the year, if you told me on by Thanksgiving time that the the, the Bruins would be 11 and – what are they, 11 and 7? Third, third in the division. Um, Bergeron hasn't really scored yet. And they'd be in the playoff spot. I'd be like, sign me up. Pasternak's been out four games. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, sign me up, especially with their injury, injury, in, excuse me, the injury problems that they've had at the beginning of this season. I mean, if you're if you're a Bruins fan and you're watching this team, you got to be thrilled about what you see. You ask, like you said, you ask for young guys to step up. You have Pasternak playing well when he's been in there, and Carlo, and I think even Austin Zarnik's playing well. You, you're looking for a bounce back year from Tuca. Exactly what you're getting. And Char, too. Char, too. There was a list of things that you needed to happen in order for this team to make the playoffs. And as of right now, they are well on their way to do that. I mean, I, I think they've been a complete uh, – they turned it around completely. Uh, the two guys that everybody's been crapping on the last year and a half has been uh, Chara and Tuca, and they both have stepped up greatly. Uh, Chara is not 2011 Chara by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's close to the 2013 Chara where he was losing about a step rather than four steps like he did last year. Um, so I, I like what he's doing. Carlo, awesome surprise. You know, thank God uh, we have him and not Dougie Hamilton. Oh, my God, he's already trying to get him out of Calgary. Um, like I said, Mike, very sad we want to trade. Um, and then, uh, you know, I just, I just – the young kids, like we all said, the fourth line's playing good. Third line's playing great. Second line, um, he's, you know, playing, he's playing pretty good too. And the, then, you know, Bergie's line's struggling a little bit, but it's good to see the other lines picking up, picking it up for him. Because that first line was carrying the team, so you know if they if they could just keep it um, together defensively and Tuca can be Tuca, then they should definitely be. We we're talking seventh or eighth seed, uh, maybe even sixth if they can, you know, keep the goals down. Yep, absolutely. And also another quick uh, injury update also is Antonio Dobin seems to be making, uh, making a comeback to the Bruins. And if um, if you've been paying, if you if you if you saw. On Twitter, actually, I saw it on Twitter. It was he didn't do good down in Providence in that one start. Oh, he got, they sent him down there, obviously, to get you know start in before he gets called up to the big club. And I, I'm not trying to, you know, say one start's going to define him, but I mean, he played that one game in Toronto, didn't look too good. Then he gets hurt, and now he gets poisoned Providence and gets lit up for four goals on 34 shots. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he granted it went into a shootout and he stopped all those shootout moves with the. I don't care about that. He gave four goals in Providence. That's that. You sh if you want to be an NHL goalie, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm sorry. And I hate to be crucial and try. I'm not trying to knock the AHL. Obviously, they're great players down there. But I mean, I just was just hoping for something a little bit better than that. Oh, he's not. He's uh, 
my whole thing with him is like uh, he's not he doesn't look like he's got his uh, his mojo back. So let him stay down and keep McIntyre up. I would rather that too. I mean, you we talked about this last week, Joe. Why not see more from McIntyre? He's played two games in both games. He's played in it. I thought he played really well. Agreed. I mean, I, I guess. But I mean, I guess they just sent him down to. I mean, they're gonna send him down just to be the starter in Providence to give him more starts. I understand that, but I mean, I think he's already capable of being a backup goalie in the NHL. You think, Jason? I agree. He's already ready to be a backup goalie in the NHL. I think Hudobin not signing might have been a mistake, but I want to see what Hudobin can be when he gets healthy. He has shown signs of showing a lot of talent, so who knows? It's uh, yeah. In year in years past, not this year. Yeah. This year he hasn't shown anything. This year he hasn't shown anything. In the years past with the Bruins, he's shown talent, which is what you'd bank on. But if the Bruins are really trying to play the uh, go younger card, then at this point they should stick with it. Well, yeah, yeah they I- should. I completely agree. I mean, I, what I really like this year is they're playing good. They got a lot of young kids in here. Just say for whatever goes on, they play these young kids and they miss the playoffs by a couple of games. As I, I we talked about before, these guys are getting playing time. Just as you know, Jason said too, this uh, young core is starting to build a little bit, which they need to because there's going to be turnover eventually, and they don't want to be left out there in a complete desolate wasteland. So but let's let the I just ride out the young kids. And let's see where it goes. It also depends. On, I think how they missed the playoffs. Like the past two years, they choked away. If they yeah. if they if they're battling down the stretch, you know, like that like that like you said, battling down the stretch, they they lose a tough game like three to two or something that knocks them out of the playoffs. I won't be that mad, and I'll be happy because I didn't expect them to even be competing like this this year. So I'm happy with that. Uh, how do you develop? Sorry, Joe. What'd you say? Someone in the chat said they missed uh, Gustafson. I don't think he was that good. I don't miss <laughs> Gustafson. The best backup goalie they had was Chad Johnson. True. That is scary. True. I mean, that's just the reality of it. He's the only one that's actually, you know, consistently got a starting job somewhere else in the NHL. And he's kicked goalie. Boston's butt, too, every time he played against him. Oh, my I would, God, I yeah. wouldn't say that. Giles. No, he did. He beat him, I think, every time he's played he's him. Beaten them. He's beaten us almost every time he's played us. And that with the Isles, right? I don't know who he's with now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm he's in Buffalo at, now. Yeah, I was blanking on the team. I thought it was Buffalo, but I wasn't sure. But I mean, I would just keep McIntyre up, and that's why I think the Hudobin signing for two years was a little bit extreme because you got to know what you have in your own system. And th- I mean, that just is, that's a knock on Subban, if anything. That the signing. Oh, of, don't bring him up. He, he got he got what? He got killed again, didn't he? He's yeah. I, it's I've come to the realization on Subban that he's never going to be oh what, what the Bruins want him to be. Mike, I was there last year, dude. <laughs> I was well. I, I mean, last year was his first start. I mean, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but watching him this season and this year, oh, no, nothing. Sorry. The Boston Bruins organization has had several opportunities to trade him, and they botched oh, it on him yeah. completely. Completely botched it. Oh. Get rid of it. Wasted talent when you can. They didn't do it. But well, that, you know, now it's now it's too late. No one's gonna take him for anything. I wouldn't want him. Oh no, exactly. really. No one wants him. Well, I think, someone, someone would probably take him, but it's not going to be for like a player that you could have gotten for him that was actually good. Now you're already, now you're probably going to get him for like what a sixth round draft pick, which is which those are hit or miss anyways. You could have actually may, traded him for something valuable. They may leave him unprotected. Who knows? He probably <laughs> will be unprotected, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, he bring, he's he's got nothing. I mean, he bring he's just a waste of a roster spot right now. He. he I think, Mike, a little conspiracy theory before that they drafted him because of the PK. I mean, I really do. 
I do too. And I, I feel I I just don't know how you can say that that's not the case now. Oh, that was just God. Shirelli's just laughing too, and he's got a good team in Edmonton laughing bastard. Ah, uh, so bad. Well, it helps when you it helps when you inherit a team that has you know first round overall pick for the past like seven years. But I was gonna bring up this point earlier. I don't know if I can still do it, but. We were talking about you know the Bruins' young players and how they and how they could make it to the playoffs. And the one thing that I'm noticing in the NHL is the fact that the teams that have won the Cup in the past have a great implement of their young youth, and they're not afraid to play it. And the Penguins are a great example of that from last year, which is I would why just say the Bruins, Chicago. Chicago as well. And that's the model that the Bruins should be trying to follow. You shouldn't be sticking to these old players that you're paying four million just to try to try to prove a point. Be okay with sucking up, saying, "Okay, we were wrong." Take let the young kids play. They won't do the that, young, Jason. The young kids bring fire. They will not go down without a fight, and that's what the Bruins need. That's what's been impressive about the Bruins this year. It's what it's what's made them fun to watch. No, I, well, I also I think agree ba- with you. I also think Backus. Backus is a oh, huge part of that. Yep. I mean, I just don't know how you can say that he's not because. I mean, you can't say he's not. Backus no, is huge. No, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, Jason. The young guys. They don't know any better, so they want to stay up here. They want a job, so they're going to repeat their their tails off and continue working until the game's over. They're not going to stop. But I just think Backus leadership skills and accountability is just the Bruins missed that with you know when Sean Thornton left and you know Chris Kelly got hurt. Even though as much as I hate Chris Kelly on the ice, he was one of the vocal leaders. The Ferences, the Boychuk, they never yep. obviously Bergeron and Chara are leaders, but not in the sense of vocal leaders. They needed a vocal guy. And that's what Backus is. And that's what I say. And look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks as, as an example. You know, you have now with the Bruins, David Backus, Daniel Char, or Patrice Bergeron, those kinds of players. And they have the ability to lead. But you have a great influence in, of youth, including what's in the farm system, to build the same thing with the Penguins, the same thing with the Blackhawks. That's what the Bruins need to focus on. Well, and I think they're doing a good job of it. And they are. It's, it's, it's what's nice to see. But you hope that they stick with it. But what they need, guys, I think, you know, if you want to segue to this, is that they need that mental toughness, like in the first minute, you know, first and last uh, minute of periods and games. Montreal and Minnesota, they both gaffed in the last minute yes, of the game. Yes, Joe, I meant to bring this up earlier. That's actually yeah. a great point, and they're costing themselves points. I mean, if you're losing overtime, you're losing overtime, whatever. But those are two points that you could have had with what the other team scores with under a minute left. That's unacceptable. Well, look at it now. I mean, they missed the playoffs by, what, one or two points two years in a row. So that tells you how important these these extra crap points, as people call it, you know, which I, I'm not a big fan of this year. I like, I'd rather go with a tie. But these they have to get to OT. I mean, you can't 45. This team, since I think Claude's been coach, has always had difficulty in the first and last minute of periods and games. It's just, they have, they just, mental farts just constantly. And it oh, yeah. Me. And it's it, they can't have that anymore. You can't. You can't cost yourself, like you said, Joe, you can't cost yourself points now for in the future because you're going to be looking at it, say, come March and say, oh, those two games that we blew with a minute to go and didn't get a point out of it really hurts us. Well, they they, they got to stop. And it, they don't have enough, yeah, they don't have enough talent. The margin of error is very small because they got young kids and all this stuff. Very small margin of error, and they cannot afford to just give these points away. So he gave, they gave two points away, if you think about it. Two points, at least. It could have been four. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't think they would have beaten Montreal in overtime or a shootout. But besides the point, that's at least two points, like you said, that the Bruins could be having right now. And if they had those two points, instead of sitting there in third in the division, they'd be in second. And I know it doesn't seem like much because they're still in the playoffs, but 
It does mean it. It does mean it means everything because, like you said, the past few years they've missed the playoffs by a point. But you gotta keep in mind, you know, if they did go to OT or shootout, they do have the uh, the shootout specialist Jimmy Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get to him later. You let me know when we go off on him again because I need to. If you want to go, go ahead. I want to uh, go right now. I mean, how about Joe? Day. Well, you know, happy birthday, Jimmy Hayes. Uh, thank you for uh, bringing uh, your, your gifted game to us, and uh, I hope you received uh, plenty of gifts, including uh, shooting skills, fighting skills, passing skills, and body-checking skills, because you have none of them. So let's a, hope you get some of that. A Christ, he needs a Christmas miracle. Uh, he needs a miracle. You know what? I don't know how, many, how much coal he's got in his stocking, but it must be – God. The guy, whew, just – doesn't tell you i mean they remove him Bolesky struggling nash struggling they take him off the third line they, they they're flourishing now this is just amazing and um they had jimmy hayes on the power play the other night what do we oh, do i would have fell off my i would have fell i would have fell over if i noticed it no i mean he was i just didn't notice it oh well no one knows no one really notices him on the ice anyway until he and then it, oh do you forget <laughs> sorry i have to laugh i can't stand this guy did you see the pass Marshawn gave to him to set him up? And he couldn't he couldn't do anything with that either. He just all he has like you know oven mitts on like constantly, with, and then he's shooting with like a, a you know a snow shovel. He is so terrible. I, I can't even. I can't. I got no words. Uh, well, there's there's Joe's uh, rant on Jimmy Hayes this week. Brought to yeah. you by brought to you by Blue Apron. I think we'll just. <laughs> I think this will be a, a weekly weekly occurrence. But anyway, speaking of Marshawn. It was good to see him finally break out, and that was a beautiful goal he had with a great pass from Shara. And I mean, you can't. Marshan obviously went obviously <coughs> a little bit of a time without scoring goals, so it was good to see that him get off the snide and get on the scoreboard again. We need Marshan, obviously, in Bergeron. We talked about it earlier. I think it's only a matter of time before those two heat up together. Oh, definitely. Only a matter of time. They're too good of players. Not, yeah, They're I'm not. Good of players. I'm not worried about them. Oh no, it's nothing to be worried about. I'm just. It's just cra- I, like you said. It's just crazy that they're winning without them. They're winning right. without them. Because yeah, they're getting help and play from the other the other lines, which is what the Bruins need. Oh, exactly. I mean, they were carrying the before Bergie came back. It was what Bacchus. It was Bacchus and Marshawn and Pasta. Pasta gets hurt. Now these guys got to step it up. So it's just uh, it's probably you know injuries never a good thing, or you know guys going to slumps never a good thing. But the other guys are picking it up, which is great. The one guy that we have to really give. <laughs> kudos to and over and over. Dominic Moore, what a pickup he has been. Even Schaller. I think him and Schaller together have been a great fourth line tandem. Yeah, just gritty, you know, just the gritty guys they need in that fourth line. Reminds me, of, you know, kind of the Campbells we had in the Paez and the Thorntons to a degree. The guy's just in there. He mucks it up. He, you know, Jimmy Hayes could look at this guy's, uh, you know, look, look at this guy's video. Maybe learn a few million things, but the guy he just he's hard nosed. He you know it's great. everybody's like when they signed him, a lot of people when they signed him like oh who's this guy and I kind of you know if you heard the story about his wife passing away and I saw that story I think it was uh, you know they did a story in TSN about him that you know that just builds a lot of character going through you know that horrible time so you know a lot of respect for him that was rooting for him with the Rangers so I I love when they signed him he's brought that awesome you know just that awesome attitude he's probably one of those leaders in the in the locker room. He's definitely probably one of those leaders in the locker room. The vocal leaders, definitely. But I think, and I think the one guy that you have to look at and say, not so good, is again, Ryan Spooner. Oh God, get him out of here, please. I, this guy is just like he, against the Winnipeg. You know, 
I'm reading from Joe Haggerty right now, and he's like, the last game versus Winnipeg wasn't my best game, but the five or six before that I felt like were pretty good games, and the really? team's been winning. That's the most important thing. We're on a roll here. Yeah, Ryan, they're on a roll here without you. Without you. Without you. <laughs> he's no Jimmy Hayes, but he's not playing well. No, he's not playing well at all. I don't know what's going on with him. And I was looking for him and Pashnik to have breakout years together. And obviously you see Pashnik playing well, but not not Spooner. And I, I think it's up. I think his time's up now. I mean, well, I, don't, I, I don't see him re-signing in Boston after the season. I think it's with Jason, what you've said before, when I mentioned you know him and with Lucic and all that, he's playing center. He needs to play center. He cannot play wing, period. Well, yeah, that's why I think they should move Valeski up. Move Valeski up with, with Krejci and Vegas and just put Spooner on the third line center and see how – Bergeron can do that. I mean, not Bergeron, Spooner, excuse me. Spooner. I agree. That should, I think that that's a good yeah. idea. Because, I mean, Bolesky's found his mojo. I think Bolesky and Vakas will, will do all the dirty work for Krejci, and yep. there you go. I agree. That's what I would do personally, but, I mean, Ryan Spooner, what what is wrong with him? I don't understand. And it seems like if they don't score in the power play and their power play doesn't do well, it's because Ryan Spooner. It's because Ryan Spooner. You know what's scary? This is another guy that they didn't want to trade. It is another guy that didn't want to trade, actually. Uh, oh, God. Subban and him. If we trade him when we should have, then who knows? Yeah, you know. The problem just... the problem with moving uh, Spooner to center or trying to do this, then they can't say to yourself, were you throwing Riley Nash or were you throwing Dominic Moore? We're both Riley Nash as well. Can wing. Riley Nash can play both. He played the wing the other day when Pashnik's been out. He's been yeah, playing that's a good, good, good answer. I mean, I, just, I, move, I... just move Riley Nash to the... To the the wing, and then obviously, if you need to take an important face off with, with him on the ice, you just have Nash take the draw and Spooner just play the wing for a minute and then move back to the natural center position. Well, I mean, I, I think Spooner has more, well, hopefully, he still has a little bit more upside than Riley Nash. I'd sacrifice Nash a little bit to get see what, you know, what's, if Spooner could do anything. Because if he can't do anything, then we know what we got. I mean, he has seven points in 18 games. You wouldn't say it's terrible, but I mean, those seven points, you, I mean, he's minus two. So, I mean, he has seven points, but he's being out there when the other team's scoring. So, clearly, he's not doing he's not doing anything right. And sometimes you'll look at it and you'll be like, where's Spooner this game? And you'll see him have, like, one flash of skating the puck off the ice, and then you won't see, him from, then you won't see or hear from him again. It's, I was just hoping for more from Spooner. And like you said, they could, have, they could have traded him. They wanted to keep him. And since they kept him, now he's not producing, and now it looks like you're not going to be able to get anything for him. I know. It, 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 yeah, well, yet again, we just hope that something's going to happen. Um, you know, that he's going to kind of turn around. He's not. So, I mean, we got a couple of holes in the lineup, which isn't bad considering. We have the Jimmy Hayes hole and the. Well, Ryan I think the Jimmy Hayes hole will be filled when Vetrano and Achari get back. I think he has. To, I mean, now I don't know what his contract is. I know you guys are a little more uh, in tune with this. Can they just cut him without any? No, if they send him down, he has to play a few waivers. No one's going to claim him. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You might be Think surprised. So? But, but if they do claim him, who cares? Oh, God, that's a gift. It's a yeah. gift. It's like Christmas comes early. You go down and you open that one gift on Christmas Eve, and Jimmy Hayes is gone. they got to find out. Yeah, they got to find something to do. But. And it's yeah, another I player the Bruins have brought up in the last two weeks who I thought has been has looked relatively good for a young player, and that's Sean Corrali. Corrali? Yes. Yeah, Corrali, the young players have been playing pretty pretty decently well. And, and uh, for those of you that don't remember, uh, Corrali was actually a player they got in the Martin Jones deal. Oh, really? Yes, they traded, obviously, Lucic for Martin Jones and Colin Miller, and then they 
you know, traded Martin Jones for San Jose's first round pick and Sean Corral. So, Joe, I'm not saying it's a win, but I mean, it help, makes it a little bit better that they actually got a player that can somewhat play. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just, uh, you guys, keep, I just want to look up Martin Jones' stats because I just want to see how he compares to Tuca because, you know, everybody's been mentioning him before, so. Oh, yeah, like Mar- like la- like last year when they. Oh, we should have kept him. We should have this, that, and the other thing, you know. He would have been a good backup for the Bruins. I mean, no, there's no way he would have been a backup. He wanted to start. That's why, that's why he wanted out of Los Angeles because Quick was there and he wasn't going to be able to get the starting job. But Martin Jones is not uh, – he's, what, three, three, and one. So not lighting up the world. No, he's not lighting up oh, the world. Oh, no, I take that back. Wait a minute. He's three and one and one. Three, one and one? He's only played five games? Games played, games played. Yeah, oh, no. This is definitely screwed up. Hold on. All the bad fun. You know, me me and technology doesn't always mix, guys. <laughs> I'm looking it up. That's all right. He's I actually have it right here. He's played sixteen games, eight, seven, and one. What am I looking at? With a two point three one goals against average and a nine oh nine save percentage. So he's playing okay. He's playing like right around five hundred. I mean he's not I mean he's not doing carry price numbers. He's not doing I should Tukarask numbers, I should say. Oh, well I'm sorry, Tukarask as you said that, Mike. I think it's time for me just to read up to Garest. Uh, you know, let's talk about his uh, his uh, stats. Okay. Rub okay. it in. Because he's terrible. Let me, let me tell you how terrible this is. Let's see. He's 11-2. and two. He is a 1.46. Last time I checked, if you're under like one and a half, you're pretty good. And his uh, save percentage is .946. And arguably, he could have had two more shutouts. To, yep. to, to get, you know, he has three right now. So... Um, I have to admit, though, the Tuka Rask haters, there's only been a few stragglers out there because, that, you know, that that's their, like, you know, that's their spinach. That's their, you know, their, their uh, gets them going every morning, you know, giving, giving crap to Tuka. So they, they have to, spr- you know, spew their garbage. But beyond that, I haven't really heard much anymore. It's funny. It's funny what happens when, the, you know, he, he shows that he's really good. And if he has a team that can play half decent in front of him, he's going to be good. Last two years, they didn't play well in front of him. They, and I think he buys into the negativity, which isn't good. Don't get me wrong. But I think he gets, he gets brought down with the ship, for sure. Anyone else? Oh, I'm still here, Joe. Sorry, I guess it looks like... Looks like Mike... Um, Losing steam here. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Mike's computer gave way. So we're going to finish oh. up the show here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to finish up well, yeah, he just, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason. So while we're finishing the show, why not just give our predictions, Joe, for next week? Yeah, let's do that. And I think, uh, I think you're right. I didn't do as well uh, as you guys did. But they, so this week they got, uh, so before we uh, do our next show, which will probably be uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving against Philly, they have St. Louis, Ottawa, Calgary, and Tampa, three of those four games at home. Um, the way they're playing at home has been very um, encouraging as of late. Um, I think they're going to go uh, three and one, and uh, they're probably going to lose to Tampa. I would say on the Sunday. Ooh, I like I like the way you're going with that because if I were to peg two losses, it would be St. Louis and uh, Tampa. But I'm going to agree with you and say they're going to go three and one and lose to St. Louis. But you know, we're all going to have the great homecoming of Dougie Hamilton on the 25th, which is lovely. What a yeah, that. That won't be that big of a deal. Chances are they'll probably scratch him. 
No, definitely not. But um, what's your prediction for the last uh, for those four? Uh, the the only loss will be against St. Louis. Well, actually, we should give the Philly too because we're coming after the Philly game. So I think they beat Philly as well. I think four and one. Okay, I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go with you on that one. Four and one. I like that. Just my loss. My loss to St. Louis. Yours is Tampa. All right, sweet. So you want me to do the outro? I'll do the outro for one. Have at it, Joe. All right, let's do this. Well, first of all, I want to thank our sp- uh, sponsor, Blue Apron. Yet again, uh, magnificent food for a great cost. You can check it out at uh, blueapron.com slash Bruinsbeat for some free food, which is fantastic. We all ate it, so we're not just saying this because we have it. It's really good. I have um, pictures for proof if people want to look me up. Yeah, he, Jason, major, food, major foodie over here. Foodie in the making. Um, and also, uh, we want you know, I thank Mike, who is now in the abyss of the internet world because we can't find him. And then uh, Jason, my my co-host. Uh, you can find me on Big Bad Bruins '88. And Jason, where can we find you? Jason Buckley '91 and Mike's is Mike Sata '22. All right. So uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in. It's a great time as always. We're going to be on after the Philadelphia game on the 29th. We want you all to have a great Turkey Day. Get fat and happy, and we'll see you uh, next Tuesday. And if you want to look us up, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can find us on our CLNS radio app or Stitcher. And keep in mind, Blue Apron's our sponsor. Definitely go give them a look and give us a rate and subscribe on iTunes. And have a happy Thanksgiving to everybody. All right. Take care. Take care. I'll go Bruins.